Welcome to Blight and Boon. This is episode 11. In this episode Andrew and Dan discuss the knowledge scenario, as well as talking about Rangosh and Galana. Welcome to episode 11. 11, you're correct. Of Blight and Boon. I was writing the last one because I took all that out at the episode. I took oh, right. Okay. I took, I took all stumbling around out. It sounded really slick. So this is a... a mentioning it now makes it... That no one will understand. No, or even care about. Yes. Um, like all podcasts, it's just one giant in-joke, really. Just for our pure ego and um, self-gratification. But no, I don't listen to it. <laughs> no. Um, so... We've played a game of God tier recently. We played it. It's now Tuesday. It's now Tuesday. We played it Thursday. So we're actually normally we record straight after playing. We haven't done that this time around, so we'll probably be a bit more patchy over what happened. Yeah, it's going to be broad strokes for game, but we're not going to talk about the game that much. We're going to talk. But about... it's fortunate because I got smashed. You did get smashed. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about um, the changes to knowledge, and we're going to talk about uh, a couple of the changes to Galana, Rangosh, um, and Half Tusk. Not that she's changed, but you've never talked about them before. So This episode will be called a knowledge scenario focused episode. Which may or may not be misleading. It may be. We're not sure yet. We haven't got a script, unsurprisingly. I don't um, know how much we've got to say about I think knowledge. we'll do a scenario focused episode set and then a class episode set that way we have lots of content yeah I think they're going to intermingle I think you're going to get one class then maybe a scenario then maybe a character then maybe another but class we aren't sure that are we no, no it's like a plan or something yeah you so should we talk about the um, scenario first so knowledge yes so, Tears of Ilian Tears of Ilian a knowledge scenario um, so Dan do you want to talk about the, do you want to try to describe the hexes you're going to try and describe this on an audio this is going to be quite tough if you, if you know what the knowledge scenario is you can phase out this bit. Um, if you don't, you should read the rules a bit. But I'll try and explain it. Um, so essentially there's two scoring zones in a one... No, wait. How do you explain this? <laughs> two scoring zones. Um, if you're sitting down playing to play a game of God tier, there's two scoring zones which, which, are al- <laughs> which are almost perpendicular with the board edge. So there are two scoring zones which are diagonally... Yes. Away from you. So you have two four by one lines cutting in the middle of the board, which are seven hexes away. So from if each other. your deployment zone is horizontal, these scoring zones are kind of vertical and they're diagonal a bit. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and the scoring zones are apart from each other. Both scoring zones are at the closest three hexes from the edge. Yes, that's very true. Um, and they are six hexes away from each other. Yes, because we're looking at it right now. That's exactly what they are. Um, which is different because it used to be seven hexes away from each other which is the change really isn't it which also is knowledge was the first scenario I think we saw that changed the way you could score in it because 
your step track ladder thing is different in that you can only score at the beginning. How many steps can you score at the beginning, Dan? Do you count it for me? Two less than normal. Um, so it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight. So that's only eight total, yeah? Eight steps total. Eight per person. Yeah. So that's about to nine. Ten. Ten. Uh, yes, ten. Um, which means, first of all, there's less of a swing if you win a turn. Yes, but the other thing is, once you win a turn, your amount of steps you can actually learn. Yes, uh, if you win, if you win the first turn, your your team marker gets one step towards the middle. If you win turn two, two steps. Basically, the number of VP that you earn in a turn is how many steps forward your turn marker moves. Yes. So, so if you win turn one and turn two, your turn your um, um, turn marker moves three steps towards the middle. So you can only score a maximum of five steps. Which means once you've scored one champion takeout, you're almost maxed out on steps mm. of the turn, which means it's much easier for your opponent to pull it back. Yes, very much so. And I think one of the reasons that is is because this idea of there's two scoring zones. Um, now, while the change is designed to make sure it doesn't dissolve into two games um, with some clever play, it can very easily dissolve into two games. Yeah, certainly we've mentioned in the past that we think that some scenarios benefit certain champions. Yes. Uh, we've mentioned more than once we think Rodri has some real issues with some scenarios that are multiple zones. And I'm not so sure that I still follow that a uh, thought process. I think he has, he has trouble in chaos, where the scoring zone's on the opponent's board edge. And I think he has problems with, um, is it decay where decay the scenario where goes vanish? But this one, actually, he's really good because he can hold one zone by himself. And you may have to overcommit to deal with him. Yeah. And if you overcommit to deal with him... Well, then your other zone's you've empty. And... By definition, overcommitted. Mm. And then the side's clear. Um, so it's going to be a six-hex walk to go from one scenario zone to the other. Yeah. So I think what you kind of, kind of find is that, effectively, you can imagine both scoring zones being kind of the edges of the board almost yeah, and the yeah in the middle. big big crunchy score in the middle so yeah, However, fight the when you get crazy people like uh, Law Zane who starts edging around the edge and Wraith Marid I think is very will also be very like this they they go the other side of the scoring zones and they're free around the board um, so there's a massive scrum in the 6 by 4 hexes in the middle and then the actual outer board edges become much more free because nobody wants to Unless the really fast people go out there, I think you're right with what you said. Though I think um, having some strong guardians in this scenario is very, very good. Yes, because can... hold, you have to hold a tanker zone, and you want to kind of force your opponent to go two and one to you. Yeah, because I imagine again, because um, you've got three, you'll either go for two fighting one zone and one holding the other, or you'll go for one trying to score in each zone and one up the middle. So. I think we only played Knowledge once before this, I think. Yeah, we've only played it twice. Um, so it's going to be hard to give a huge quantity of feedback <laughs> on how it's, how it's changed. But I certainly found that even though there were six hex apart, it didn't feel like it was two separate games. No, it didn't fit. Absolutely. I think, it, um, I think that was exactly the point I think they were trying to make. And it really doesn't. That one extra hex makes a big difference. However, you can still block people up by clever follower play in the middle hexes. Followers in the scenario really are, they really feel a lot more like terrain 
Yes, very um, much so. And certainly, I think a good Maelstrom could really help out in this scenario. Yeah. Um, because you need to get across, and you can just block areas off. So I was using uh, Grim Charlotte, who constantly recreated walls of... She was very strong in the scenario, because she was able to create walls at the same time. If you go near her, she can just start flailing and killing followers. Yeah. Or what she can do also, she can just force her opponents to be, to be more honest with their follower placement, because... The very nature of her being around means they don't want to form groups themselves. Yeah, and, and I think the same would be very true of Black Tusk as well. He's, um, I think he would be very good. You know, he sends his five followers up, seven hexes across the board, right in the beginning, blocks your opponents out of the, their scoring zones. and Also, they can recruit very fast as well, can't they? Yeah, well, they can recruit twice a turn, can't they? Uh, twice a phase. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So they could, they could, if they wanted to, go from one to five in one turn. Yeah. And they, they will move. So they can really can... Lock an area down, I think, mm. uh, pretty handily. At the same time, he can he can wade in and start doing some real damage. I think. Yeah, and more blades very similar with his. He just locks down followers to stop this walls generator. So what we're saying, if you think it's a guardian, I think it's definitely a, a guardian and maelstrom favoured uh, scenario. Weirdly, which I wouldn't expect to think a guardian's favoured uh, a spread out scenario. But then again, we could also say in that case because you've got those people there, Slayer's good to it's fact. It's not- <laughs> It's <laughs> as good to kill them with, and suddenly we've mentioned all four classes. Well, yeah, shapers, you know, they just move the scenarios around and then they're all good. So, <laughs> so everyone's good. What scenario. we're saying is the four classes are well balanced. Cutting edge. To, tech, uh, yeah. um, to do scenarios. So it was the first time, I mean, we didn't go into Vanguard and Glon in a minute because I think they're the focus for today a bit more as well, but um, it was your first time using Half Tusk? First time using Half Tusk, first time using Grimshala, and first time in a very long time using Rodri. So. Mentioning Roger briefly, I think the last time we used Rodri, we were <laughs> mentioning how much we didn't like his ultimate. And in true style, we haven't played him for a long time. And, and then and then he used <laughs> ultimate, and both of us realised it had completely changed. Something two editions later, versions later, his ultimate is nowhere near the same. And oh my god, what an ultimate. Um, so if you want to wear what his ultimate is, his ultimate is now called Bannerfall. I'll read out the full text. Uh, you may have any friendly champions whose banners are not on the battlefield make call banner actions in the order of your choice, even if it's a clash phase, then your opponent may. So it'd be a good it'd be a good ultimate if it was plot phase only <laughs> because it is action economy. Yes. For anything else. Um in the clash but no, phase. it's clash it, phase. It is, it is amazing. It is sheer filth so because I, I managed to get the perfect storm where I placed three banners and Andrew placed zero. Yeah, that was basically all she wrote. <laughs> and that was, a, and that was a, a turn one, turn two, turn two, just one, just just like that. And both of us think it probably swung the game towards winning turn three as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, it is potent. I mean, obviously, the opponent can plant their own banners, but you, you plant, you, you only pop it when you get a, when, when they the, can't. <laughs> Or when they can plan less. Well, yeah, absolutely. And bear in mind that Roger is, at the very least, Roger's banner is worth a point more because he's a guardian. Yeah. So I had two guardians in the list, so I placed it. So I placed three banners, five steps, one go like that. But it's also, I think, a stunning, a stunning ultimate later on in the game where champions start to get wounded and pushed away from zones because they can burn actions to move up and buff themselves all the damage. And then Roger can use his, his ultimate yes. to let them plan to burn themselves. Yes, after they've activated. So after they've activated, the opponent thinks they're done, but actually you can still get a cheeky banner placement. It's a really good ultimate. It's really good indeed. 
Um, okay, so that was a brief um, Rodri Levin. Still yeah. brilliant. He's still brilliant. He's um, you know a bit more. His, his health got up to seven. His arm is only four now. Um, yeah, no, he's great. I, I, really like, I didn't actually attack with him once. Didn't have to do you. Don't uh, attack with his dwarves. His dwarves did loads. Rodri was just a hero. Um, so no more about Rodri because we know his life is ultimate because we're fickle. Well, also so says ultimate it changes. <laughs> <laughs> this is playtesting. <laughs> uh, so talk about Heart Tusk. Um, I didn't know what to do with his Froglodytes. His, his Froglodytes uh, seem to have loads of weird and wonderful powers, which are very cool, but I played them very much in the middle of the knowledge, so away from scenario zones. Well, the, the nature of knowledge meant that they probably wanted to be jamming areas up, which yeah. meant they weren't spending time in scoring zones being buffed up by no. them. So it just didn't... They just didn't work out very well for me. Um... They got killed very quickly as well, and I didn't really get a chance to... Half Tusk's really interesting, because Half Tusk gets some pretty good buffs to his accuracy when he's unhurt, but also hurting him can feel like a waste of time, because he's got a lot of hit points, and also he can regenerate. So it kind of forces the opponent into a decision about whether they're going to spend time to hurt him, yeah. and make sure he's not, he's not fully buffed. Though healing not. him is actions. True, it is. Um, so he's very... But he only has to heal when he's, when he's going to get killed. That's very true. Or when he wants his accuracy buff back again. But he's a bit pillar fisted. He doesn't actually hit very hard. He has two attacks, which is nice, but he has got the, the single strong attack at the No, he's else. got he's got two attacks, but one's at power four and one's at power five. So and he has to hit with it. He went into both Titus and Galana in that match and didn't really do very much. Hitting's no problem. Because, you know, he's got accuracy eight for one attack and accuracy six for the second one. This is a big a big lovable sponge, isn't he? He's he? a big lovable sponge. Well that's what you want from a guardian. Big level sponge. Um like Roger, big level sponge with a massive sword. <laughs> murders things. And just you know, <coughs> Giant belt. Um, so I think Hartas needs more playing. I like him. I li- he does. He does the guardian thing very well. He does it very differently to Rodri, um, as in he does get punched in the face and just takes it all back. So does Rodri prefer? Um, he his, the stat wise are very similar actually because Hartas is three three seven and Rodri <coughs> two four seven. So it's it's very similar stuff. Um, began to put evade out. It's very nice on a plot phase for Hartas. I like that. As well as a faint. So one of the things we did do after waxing lyrical about how blights and boons we never use, this game was all about them. We ran out of dice. Because we do try and learn from mistakes, although not yet the mistake of making a podcast. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, not idea having what content we're going to talk about when we talk about it. Um, but certainly we've tried to do a little more buffing. And I think um, moving on to a champion we've actually been looking at, like Galana. Um, I think Galana was was really good at that. I've never used Galana before, and she was cracking. She can get three actions uh, whenever she has all three of her quartzings out, which is basically all the time. It's trivial, trivial to get three actions. Um, because not only can two quartz recruit themselves, also they can recruit at the end of a turn after the ban has been removed by her. Yeah. Um, also, she can choose a boon on any model within range and then give it to any model. Not remove it, but give it. So that's within range two. So she can move a boon, cop- copy a boon that's on a friendly model and give it to one of yours or copy a boon off an enemy model Yeah, and give it to one of yours. It's very nice. So basically I was using her to uh, move boons around. So take um, copy some boons uh, that was on, say, Titus or some followers. Um, maybe herself, because she can give herself concentrate, which is an accuracy buff. Yeah, and she was copy- giving herself concentrate, and then moving that onto Rangosh. So yeah, you can get the crazy combo. She gives herself concentrate, 
moves it onto Rangosh. Then the red bandits steal a concentrate off her, and suddenly, can they still do that? I know I said that. Um, they used to be able to. The red bandits can no. The red bandits now can kill one of their own to get concentrate and strengthen. Oh, okay. But what they could do is they could get concentrate and strengthen, and then um, Galana could then. Um, copy that onto Van Gosh, safe activation. Although that is a, it's a clash phase for their bandits, and her moving is a plot phase for herself. Yes. So if they did if they did that. If they give themselves those two blight uh, boons in turn one, yeah. and then in turn two, Galana then moved one of those onto Van Gosh to because he can give himself. He can do it himself, but then he wouldn't have to. Well, he can give he can give himself strengthen. He can't give himself concentrate. Right. Um, yeah. which means he has the, the time to. To buff himself up or to move as well yeah. and do it. And that's the accuracy bus he's looking for, isn't it? Um, so I think Galana is, um, she's flexible. She can create scoring zones by having her quartzlings basically kill themselves when they're near the near yeah. scoring zone. And Ultimate can do a similar thing, but plant a banner. So she can score and create awkward places. She could almost do the crazy scoring zone moving that we did with Shale a long Raven time ago Raven, I mean she could do even worse things with Ravenwood couldn't she well yeah well in this event this game you had you create a scoring zone turn one so she had her banner placed turn one um, so you made the zone she was going to go in for sort of four long five long and then she stayed around that all day and played in that banner every turn and she had no problem staying there the quartz legs are hard to move around occasionally because they can only move in straight lines do one of the faces um, but they're, they're okay um, they're fairly um, uh, useful models also armor 4 isn't too easy to take out yeah. Glana is fairly survivable yeah she's not dodge 4 armor 3 and 5 hit points yeah, isn't it's, bad it's not bad it's not you can't expect to take her out in a punch or two um, uh, you know if they're normal person punch or two so. also when it comes down to it she can have three actions and so in a turn, she can do Rock Concert, Hit Distract, Rock Concert, Hit Sunder. And they do damage as well, don't they? They do damage, yeah. So no, she can try and kill two minions. And then she can do Crystal Glare, and one of the those Blights she's put on a unit, she can then move that, copy that Blight onto another unit. So she could do, effectively, do like Distract, Sunder on one unit, or one champion, yeah. and then put one of those two um, Blights also on another model. Big deal, that. So, you know, if she's in if she's in danger, she can send a lot of things around her and distract a lot of things around her, and obviously distract will help effectively buff her. Yes. Um. So moving on to Rangosh then. Obviously, Rangosh is a bit more maligned nowadays than he was. Um, he has high mob- uh, mobility. You know, he has move um three in both phases. His ultimate is very very good. He can move two spaces for his ultimate and deal two wounds to some to him. Yeah. So it's just free, free damage, often, I guess, in, often in the um, plot phase. You can move and do it. He has a, a stun power in the plot phase, which is range two now, and stuns someone. Actually, six stun. Oh, okay. So he yeah. will remove someone's um, dodge chances a bit. Which is good, because his jawbreaker doesn't hit the toppy. Um, he has jawbreaker still, uh, range one, actually three damage, seven. Moves a target hex away from him. Whiplash. Move him hex towards him. It doesn't no longer move him adjacent to him, and hex towards him, which certainly felt a lot worse. Uh, at range two, actually five damage five. So 
basically you want him to hit with the jawbreaker and then you want to burn a bandit to basically probably do that. So at one point, Rangosh went into Rodri. Rodri had been stunned already, so Rodri was down to, to dodge one. Yeah. Uh, Rangosh had a buff to his accuracy from Galana. So Rangosh went in with a Axie 4 attack against Rodri's Dodger 1. Um, did they make Axie 5, didn't I? No, I, think, I, think, I don't think he had the Axie. I think he just he could have killed a follow as well. So I think he had 4. Actually, maybe, four. maybe 5, maybe 5. I think it was 5. Yeah. Either way, he missed. He missed it. <laughs> the punchline is he missed. <laughs> uh, because Rodri was also sundered as well. And so... My aim was to get. I did. I put all the buffs on Rangosh and all the debuffs on Rodri to make sure that Jawbreaker connected. Yeah, and it missed. missed. Now it's all we're slagging off Rangosh, but you know he was rolling sort of either four or five dice. We forget the number against defensive one. Yeah, it should have hit. Yeah, I'm not sure what the odds are, but they were low. <laughs> but we've all played dice games before, and those things do happen. And we can't. I can't really base a judgment on Rangosh on no. that now because he missed the attack on Rodri. Um, he then had the option of either following through with Whiplash or basically running away. Yeah. He ran away because Rangosh having armor one means that he is vulnerable. Yeah, I want to talk about Rangosh's defenses for now for a while because I think they're the biggest change of all the things I've noticed for a while. Now this might be in a couple of versions ago that this happened, but I've only just noticed them because again we haven't played them for a little while. So he's got Dodger four, which is pretty good. Armor one, eight wounds. So he will take wounds from anyone. Um, so one of the big things we discussed, found out, is actually he needs a lot of protection from followers. He does. It, it doesn't take one or two followers, you know, having an attack. One dwarf, for example, actually four damage four, can put some serious hurt on him. You know what I think he could do with? Superiority, like Titus has. Uh, plus one dodge and armor against followers. If anything else, he's a massive cow monster. <laughs> <laughs> like, people can be scared of him man. he's got five followers if they can create screens so followers shouldn't be able to hit him um, yeah, but, but, that, but, he, but he eats them so fast I don't think he well that's your problem I think I think it's a great weakness it's, well, a, really, problem. it's a really interesting weakness that actually you've got the powerhouse champion who can theoretically kill champions with a single punch actually needs to worry about followers and that's really interesting because the rest of the champions don't do that um, but your giant cow monster has said I'm really vulnerable they won't kill him in one turn but after a couple of followers get a, put two or three wounds on him each, you suddenly start going, he's really vulnerable now. This living missile will get killed. Yeah, yeah, he would. And um, to be fair, he should have killed Rodri. Yes. And that would have meant you couldn't do the mana fall. And yes. it changed the whole game profile, really. Um, he does hit like a truck. And he can natively get not bad accuracy. And you ought to give him buffs... Um, some boons to make him work so I kind of want to try him again and Karen going on the boon train and seeing what happens when he actually connects <laughs> I don't want to see it <laughs> because he could easily do you know do a 8 or 9 damage attack 9 damage attack well you, you use Galana with him and Galana gives him strength in, or strength himself yeah um, and suddenly he's got nine, a 9, nine damage attack, attack. Um, and now the highest armour currently in the game is Four or five? It's four. I think it's four, isn't it? But well, it's, it's five with five of Roger and reinforced. But he um, is like he is like that is the classic tank. highest tank against yeah. highest damage dealer, isn't it? Like, so nine dice versus armor four. You know, it's like ow. 
<laughs> but also, if it comes down to it and you do that attack and it doesn't quite hurt him, so it doesn't quite take him out, you could pop your ultimate and kill him. Yeah, absolutely. Or even you've ultimate to get there in the first place. And then... I mean, he's pretty fat. He's, he's really fast as well. Yes. And he's got three in both phases. Which means actually in the knowledge scenario, he could just run around crushing flags, planting flags, and not actually attack anybody. Just being scary. Big cow monster, no one goes near him. But then again, as you said, followers can kill him. Followers can kill him. And I really like the fact that actually a champion or two... I mean, dodge four is good, but... I don't think you need more than two or three two follow hex to well, often get a good. Three dwarves have six six. <laughs> um, let's look at the other followers we have around us. Uh, so Titus's followers have actually four native before they start surrounding him. Yeah. What uh, of the? Um... Uh, let's see the Froglodites. Okay, with their tongue lash, which is range two, accuracy seven, damage four for three of them. What are Black Jaws Orcs like? Are they in the box? Hang on. You can hear noises now as we're making things out. Uh, let's see. Um, Lorzane's Elves. Ooh. 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 They will, they will ruin him. I've dropped Lord Cosner. It's professional. Uh, Lorzane's Elves have... They have accuracy. But the cards... This is really professional here. Um, Lorzane's Elves have accuracy 3, 4, 5. Uh, so you need... But my experience is the Elves always stay on one hex together. Yes. So the elves, assuming Langosh has been injured, which probably has been at some point pretty yeah. fast, the elves are going to be actually five damage six against him, which is pretty bad because I'm one target that could kill him one go. He's probably been injured because uh, Lord Zane's gone, taken auto wind. <laughs> so I think I think I think Lord Zane and her elf posse could kill him one up one one go. Yes, I think I think um, Rangosh wouldn't go wouldn't go anywhere near Lord Zane. He wants to hunt Rodri. He wants to hunt. Uh, 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 Half Tusk, uh, Grimshala is just going to fall over if he gets near him. If she, if he gets near her, Galana doesn't like it. If he gets hit, you know, he can hunt a lot of different followers, but some fol- uh, champions, but he, some champions are just going to take him off. Then um, maybe you accept that basically he needs to be an absolute banker of boons to work. Yeah. Um, then again, if he runs forward, that bank's probably going to get worn out pretty fast. Mm. It's about, about boons for arm and defenses. You can strip them fairly easily. You pick them off very quickly. Yeah. So here's the big question. Would you use Galana again? Um, she isn't a giant dinosaur who can teleport, but she's very good. <laughs> now, if she was a giant dinosaur, with I'd, her same stats... I'd be all over her. <laughs> um, I think she's very good. I think she's a great utility piece. She has a lot of flexibility. Um, she, can do th- she, can, she can take some followers out pretty handily with mm. her attacks. She can buff, she can move things around. I like her a lot. Uh, yeah, I think she, she thinks she's great. Um, certainly, 9 out of 10 would glow her again. Yeah. Um, Rangosh, I want to try using him when I can actually put, put things on him. Yes, and roll dice. I mean, in the team he was in, he had Titus with him as well, so the Honor Seekers could actually move him around so as yeah, well. So yeah, you were using to push him up a bit further, weren't you? So I, I had the Honor Seekers moving him up. And you literally have one camped out next to him while the rest went off and did their own thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I the Onsig is one far side near um near your half desk and then basically one on behind Rangosh is a chill eater, making him before us move. And it worked. Yeah. He was he was threatening right from the get go. It was terrifying. And, you know, he does um he does sort of affect where your opponent puts their the models. Well he's terrifying. You can't rely on jawbreaker jawbreaker missing. And you want to put your highest arm thing near him, 
because otherwise he will just kill them. And if he went in, we had the bid, if he went on the other side of the battlefield, I should have probably first turn ran him actually across. Yes. Because if he was near like Grim Shaller or Half Tusk, it'd have been glorious. Yeah. Because the of those two, Half Tusk maybe would have eventually, but obviously Grim Shaller couldn't do anything about it. Well, Grim Shaller couldn't do a damn thing. I think. But her uh, followers can. The Rexlings could have eventually got him. Um, or just walled him in. So maybe it's with Rangosh also deploying him last. Yeah. And try and make sure you have the best matchup we can for him. Yeah, because he is fragile. You know, precious man cows. They're quite fragile people. Well, maybe they aren't. We've only seen one man cow so far. <laughs> maybe Rangosh is the maybe he is. Cow. Maybe he is the, um, yeah. That's on good radio, that was. Oh, That's yeah. flip-flop yeah, radio. That's a pair of sandals, thank you very much. Like flip-flops. Same thing. They're the same thing. Different. Um, so uh, that's that's Van- anything to say about Rangosh then? No, I think I think that's a big thing. I think he still hits great. He needs support. He needs protection much more than I realised. He's very very fast, so he doesn't have to play the Slayer game. Here's the other thing: he is great at being a Slayer, as in hunting down enemy champions. But actually, if in your game you don't punch a single champion, you kill two followers a turn with him, and he runs around crushing planet and banners. Maybe and you ought banners. to spend a turn. Running him on the far side, just around, yeah, and not being in the middle. He doesn't. I don't. Th- I think charging right up the middle, trying to go punch a champion to death in one turn, is not the most likely way. He's going to run around a bit and try and threaten, like the the, the shapers or. He's one of the fastest parrots in the game. Yeah, he can move six. He can move six, a turn, and one of the attacks pull things towards him. So you combine that with any Maelstrom character, he's suddenly moving seven. Apart from Peter, apart from um, so taking him with say um, Blackjaw. Blackjaw can quicken him. Grimshaw can quicken him. Well, Rexus can quicken him. Titus has got followers. Lucas can push him a square. So you know they are. He's moving even faster. So him and Titus is a good combination, I think, for that reason. That reason, yes. I think Alana, Rangosh and Titus isn't a bad selection, actually. No, I think it, I think it was it was terrifying the first turn. And then you run Rangosh all the way around and first turn go, okay, well, you come near me. and Yeah, I can afford to be further away from you. So if you can come out to engage me, to do that, you'll get walled off by followers. But then again, the red bandits can kill the off follower. If they wall them off followers and Rangosh kills a couple of followers that turn, he's probably So could I have just said, okay, Rodri, this half of the board's yours. Good luck with that. I'm going to kill, you kill your champions on this side of plan flags here. Yes. I think that would work very well. So say so have have your zone each turn. Yeah. You can get your five your five steps, yeah. depending on banner. But I'm going to be killing your other cha- two champions every single but turn. But I walled you off with five red bandits, and, and I'm going to be and I killed your two champions flags here. turn and two flags a turn. And yeah, you could have won that one. That is the disadvantage of having a slow character try and hold a zone. It, if your opponent is very fast, it can turn into a game in a bit. <laughs> but Rogers. He's, the thing about that is Rodri's not so slow that he can't get across, but he'll take a turn and a half to get across. But while he's doing that, you then zip back over again and plant another flash. Also, if he's spending his turns moving across by doing like a move, then a march, he can't also be doing reinforce at the same time. No. Which is quite significant. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think knowledge is an interesting scenario. You want to obviously be able to kind of wall off parts of the, of the board that you don't want to yeah. concede. Like um, the middle sort of six by sort of four hexes that between both zones becomes quite a fighting ground. Yeah. At the same time, if you manage to sort of, um, I think, go on the outside and sort of 
threaten. Yeah, yeah, you can imagine Black Jaws Orcs running around the outside. I'm pointing at the screen here. Well done. I'm very good at podcasts. Out around the outside, they move seven hexes. They're poised at the edge of your opponent's deployment zone. Um, scoring. And then, zone. And, then, and then do what with them? And then next turn you wrap it around. And you surround them. And just surround so the opponent can't get to the entire scoring zone. It's like, oh. <laughs> I think certainly if you if you win this if you win the center, you um you have a lot of power there. If you can control where your opponent can move to. Yeah. Or force a two to one matchup, so basically you control one zone with a strong defender. Yeah. Uh that's why I think Grimshaw is a good in that matchup because she makes walls. She makes walls. Um though she takes some serious getting used to how she moves. And she dies surprisingly quickly. Yeah, yeah, she does. Nine wounds does not keep you alive. Well, Titus killed her, didn't he? Uh, Titus killed her, yeah. He was waiting and chopped her up, didn't he? Yeah, Titus and his minions and his followers killed her in one round. It's just like, well, <laughs> you're a Maelstrom character. What's she got? She's got armour. 2-2. Two, two. Two, two, two. With how many wounds? Nine. Two, two, nine, yeah. Yeah. So that's knowledge. Um, so you want to try and hold centre, um, use followers to wall off to prevent your opponent from bringing people across to defend both those at once. Yeah. Um, maybe have a strong guardian to sort of try and force people to overcommit to one area. Or, you know, powerful shapers to move those um, scoring zones to where more where you want to be. Powerful shapers to, to basically break the scenario. <coughs> that's, what, that's what shapers do, though, isn't it? Yeah. I think they've been this matchup pretty good because he can just teleport over blocked areas. Same with Sneaker Pete as well because he can just ignore yeah. models that are in the way and just teleport to them. Yeah. Galana can essentially create an entire different scoring zone. And you can ignore what your opponent's doing in one and just plant three banners in your extended one. Yeah, you slowly grow, you slowly grow the back of it. Yeah. So with her, every scenario becomes a life, doesn't it? Yes, it can do, very easily. I think it's great. I don't think I've changed much about that. I think her quartzlings moving in a straight line, I think it's weird in this game in the first place. They're, they're rolling certain ability. In the catch phase, they can move. I really like the, 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 the moving straight lines. I like the fact that you can be manoeuvrable, but not... I think it's a nice, um, we can give this person some speed, but it's, it's for restricted speed, and I think that's a great little design space. It's weird. Um, it is weird. However, they can still advance if you up their speed by one. You know, and that's possible. Because yeah. Makes speed, yeah. Advanced actions. Speed zero does not stop you making an advanced action. Sound of knowledge, and a bit of looking at Galano Mangosh, I didn't say? No, I don't think so. Okay, that's knowledge. Um, so next episode we'll either do a, another um, <laughs> class or a scenario yep depends what we play who knows who, who knows? knows we don't no one knows okay say bye Dan goodbye Dan <laughs> <laughs>